0: Hi, this is Richard Campo from Rose Capital Partners. Uh, I'm putting this video together just to go through some of the key things you should think about if you're looking to get a mortgage when you're self-employed. The first thing I'll start with is a definition because probably more people will fall into this world than you first might think. Then, once we've gone through the definition, we'll look at the different structures and how they differ in terms of getting a mortgage. And then lastly, how we apply assessment and then ultimately how you get a mortgage at the end. So let's start with that point around the definition. So um, most banks will consider yourself employed if you fall into one of these three broad areas. If you're a shareholder in a limited, limited company, if you're a partner in an LLP, or if you're a sole trader. So that's a sort of fairly high level. Um, the LLP and the limited company is probably a little bit more complicated because if you're a sole trader, you're by definition self-employed. That's literally what it is. But in those two other structures, if, you, uh, if you're so part of an LLP or a limited company, if you own say over more than 25% of the shares, then you probably will be deemed self-employed. A lot of people say, well, actually, this is my only source of income. I've got 30% of the business. I'm sure I'm employed by the business and you are employed in a tax perspective, but banks look at it from a risk perspective. So that's why those two worlds don't sort of sit together very well. Uh, particularly with LLP partners as well, people get sort of caught out because, again, you're normally paid gross um, and then you pay your tax at the end of the year, but then you might be a, a fractional owner of the business. So this is very common in uh, legal practices, accountancies, etc., where, you know, you're part of the LLP, you probably have less than 1% of the business, but you're still deemed as self-employed um, a lot of people do get caught out on that. Again, none of that's a problem, but it's just understanding the assessment, the path we're going to go down, because you don't want to go all the way down an application to have it rejected at the end or get far less than you wanted, so you really, really don't want that, and that's why that definition is just really, really important. So let's look at those three structures then and how they differ. So first and most commonly is is typically a limited company setup. So let's assume you own more than 25% of the limited company. A bank is going to then look at things, sort of one or some of the following, which would be things like your net profit. Your salary your dividends or your profit on ordinary activities before tax which is really easy to say so a bank will look at some of those things and again just to give you a really simple example so let's say you run your business and you've got quite a nice big net profit but you don't draw the income you haven't had any need to now if you go to a bank that only works on salary and dividends that isn't going to work out for you so it's really important you talk to a bank works on your net profit, not your dividends. And that's why that assessment is really, really key. So that's probably the first thing to look at is how's your income made up, how much do you need to borrow, and that will then drive or banks we talk to. If you're a partner in an LLP, uh, that's actually quite straightforward. Um, we can actually get proof of income in a number of ways. So sometimes the letter from the FD is more than sufficient, um, there's another document called your SA302, which is your self-assessment tax return. It's the confirmation back from HMRC that your income's at a certain level. Um, normally you get sort of, two years' worth of that, and that's a really, really easy way of doing it. And again, if you own over more than 25% of the shares in the business, then you might have to prove accounts and go down the same path as a limited company. Um, rarer, but you know, you might have to do that. Sole trader nice and straightforward. So what's your net profit at the end of the year? This is very much how much if you earn, and the bank will then offer you a loan off the back of that So in terms of assessment, so this does differ also when you're self-employed. So Typically most banks want you to be trading at least two years or more ideally three years um, Some banks will have a minimum of one year, but that really is a minimum if you've been trading less than a year, or you haven't produced accounts, or had one full year of trading, you're going to really struggle to get more mortgage, you're probably going to have to be one year or more. But let's assume you're two or three years down the track, and then the longer the better, the longer the track record. What most banks will do will average your last two years' income. So I mentioned those different points there, they'll just take that income together, average it, and use it. If you're on an upward trajectory, some banks will use the most common, uh, most recent year, Sorry. If you're on a downward trajectory, again, most banks will use the most recent year, not the average. So so it depends on the bank, and again, this goes down to the real nuance of of what banks we select and why. But they're certainly the things you need to think about. Um, If your business has made a loss in the last three years, um, for a lot of banks, that will stop you getting a loan. Uh, Now, it's going to be really interesting to see how COVID shakes out on that, because some fundamentally sound businesses are going to make losses. Over the last, over the next couple of years, there's been a lot of murmurings from the high street guys that they're going to take a view on that. Um, We've not really tested it as yet, um, but we're very open to. So, if you do find you in that situation, um, please do talk to us to talk you through it. Just want to make it very clear at the outset: it's going to be difficult, but not impossible. So, we're probably going to have to look at previous years' trading, what happened, what did you do to mitigate it, etc. So, again, it's it's going to be a lot more hard work, but it's not to say you can't do it. So um, that's really sort of the the main things you need to think about and the main differences, and it all falls down to that assessment. So when you speak to uh, certainly an experienced advisor, there's two things I'd really provide quite quickly, which would be either your accounts, if that's relevant, or this magical document called the SA302, because that captures all your UK income in one place, it's a really, really easy way of assessing your income. Now, if you can't get one of those two things together, fine, we'll go down different avenues. Things like accountant certificates are really useful. And again, I'm really getting to the nitty gritty of what we need to do and why. But that's certainly part of the conversation. Now, I've been self-employed for a very long time myself, so I really do feel your pain. And I don't want to be negative because, you know, if you've got a good business and you're fundamentally sound, it's not a problem. But there's just more hoops to jump through. And that's really where a broker can add a lot of value. Bye not having to go up and down the high street, prove X, Y, and Z, just at the last minute for the rug to be pulled out from under. You, you just don't want that experience. So that's where brokers can sit back, look at the whole market and say, right, brilliant, based on your situation, we're gonna go here because we'll do it together and we'll do it efficiently because you're busy running your business. You don't wanna spend loads of time on this. You just don't need those headaches. So hopefully we can step in and make your life a bit easier.